Welcome aboard the Righteous Indignation. I'm Captain Bucky O'Hare, and I'll be uh, I'll be overseeing your interview today. <laughs> right on. Uh, so uh, you come pretty highly recommended. You are a human. Okay, a little experience working with them, and uh, you're you're interested in the role of diplomat on our fair ship. Yeah, that's right. All the girls say so. Okay, so um, if let's let's work a scenario. Um, if we are approached by a hostile enemy ship, what would your first move be? My first move, I would, oh, I would, I would take my surfboard and slam some sick rides right over their spaceship. Maybe seduce one of the captains. Yeah. A uh, classic honeypot maneuver. I'm not quite sure how a skateboard would fit into it, but... Nah, surfboard, bro. Ah, yeah, surfboard. Try to ride the waves, but I totally beef out in the vacuum of space, man. Uh, It's very unorthodox. I like that you're thinking outside the box. (laughs) No one puts Jamie in a box, you know? Here's another scenario. Uh, We need the support of um, the octopus homeworld. How would you convince them to join our righteous struggle? Oh man, I would crack open a case, invite their king down to the beach, watch some ladies, and then just take him surfboarding all day. Get the greatest tubes right in there. I see. I'd show him the best time he ever had, man. I have one more question. Yeah. You've been taken hostage by the toads, and they have taken away your surfboard. What do you do? I don't think I understand your question. In this scenario, you do not have a surfboard. Let, let me let me break something down for you, Buck Man. I'm from Surf Planet. A Surf Planet man is never without a surfboard. You know what I mean? I see. You dig? You feeling me? Uh huh. Well, uh, we'll keep this on file. Oh, you mean I didn't get the job? Uh, we might use you as a a torpedo. Oh, cool, Lamity, and whoa. Another time and space, a parallel universe is falling on its face. When out of the chaos, who else could it be? But the animal adventurers from SPACE! Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! Mutants and aliens and toads beware! You're looking for adventure? Well, this is it! With Teddy Dead Eye Blinky and Willie to win, I said, Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! Bucky O'Hare of the Toad Wars! In the battle of the universe, you don't know what's next. You only know amphibians are made it complex! When you check out your scanner and the evil that it wants, there's only one course of action! Let's go for some toads! Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! He goes where no ordinary rabbit would dare. If your righteous indignation has suffered a hit, and your photon accelerator is broken a bit, and you're losing your mind, and you're having a fear, get the funky fresh rabbit who can take care of it! Bucky! It was all leading up to that. <laughs> if that wasn't clear. <laughs> Isn't that what the robot says? Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't say it like Jamie the surf What a catchphrase. What an incredible catchphrase. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm 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 okay with that. <laughs> should I should I give him a different job than torpedo? It sounds like that's all he's qualified for. No, no, no yeah, I, I wanted him to be rejected so I could say cool and whoa. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm, no, I'm happy to do anything else that you would want to do, but I just don't know. No, that sounds good. That's I, all I came up with. I think that'll work better than a Batman Joker scenario. <laughs> just like the fact that Bucky is so much more of a gritty here like as soon as i heard his voice i'm like oh wow this show is a <laughs> uh, why why is yeah why is peter rabbit doing a clint eastwood impersonation <laughs> he's uh he's kind of hulked out really the green 
I agree that he's green. Is that what you meant? And like bigger than <laughs> bigger than a rabbit. <laughs> than a like he's a Hulk rabbit. Well, didn't they do those um, GFP proteins on rabbits? What is a GFP protein? The the fluorescent gamma ray protein. The fluorescent green gene, where you can uh, implant the gene into an animal and then hit it with a black light and it glows. No, but it's fucked up enough that I believe that it happened. That's how we would actually get a Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You 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 make it uh, so that it triggers whenever he gets hit with some steroids. Oh, so it would be like a chemically induced Hulk. Yes, as opposed to a gamma rays do not work that way, Hulk. Do they ever have a? Did the Incredible Hulk ever have like a um, like a like? I'm sure he. I'm sure the joke must have been made that he has to like go to like anchor management classes. Oh sure. Uh, but like, I was wondering if there was ever like a substance abuse kind of thing with him. Like that, if that parallel was ever like made. a rageaholic. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think they did that with Bane. I don't think the Hulk. Like, it's not a substance thing, you know. And he's such a reluctant hero. <laughs> He's such a reluctant hero. I just want to just want to be there for him. You expected the you accepted the space bucky. I was born in it. <laughs> Crack. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him just breaking carrots in front of him. No. I, I broke the dock. <laughs> well met. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Sean Connery. I'm I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> I think you'll find. Look into your heart. You know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Zane, let's get started. Okay. All right, enough Bane impersonations. Let's talk about, uh, let's let's get started on the episode. Uh, welcome, everybody. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And you are listening to the Carton Cast, where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults, bro. Let, let's cast us some tunes. <laughs> I, I always found that that catchphrase was like a little needlessly racist, I guess. Racist and genocidal. Yeah, it's genocidal. Like this, this whole show is like, is like, uh, it it faintly reads as a long form propaganda video. Oh man, I got you... so much to say about the propaganda. Okay, just making sure. I wanted <laughs> I to make sure I wasn't the only one. A lot to say. But yeah, today we are watching Bucky O'Hare and the, and Toad, the Wars. Toad Menace. I thought it was Toad Menace. Um, it depends on where you saw it. I think it was like re-released as one or the other. Okay, fair but, enough. But either way, yeah, the the menace. That is yeah, the me- propaganda technique 101. Yep, exactly. Uh, authorization, column names, gets old District 9 at one point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah so, let's, so this let's show, talk about it. Well, it ran in 1991 on BBC in Britain, and then I think they called it the Toad Wars here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a French-American animation based on a comic book from 84, and after the TV show debuted, it also got a line of toys and an NES game by Konami. It was actually created uh, slightly before 1984. The comic book writer Larry Hama and uh, Michael Golden wrote it in 1978 and 79 and it just i guess it uh it, it wasn't immediately available to the public you say so. you're saying they had trouble finding a publisher for bucky o'hare it's it seems that way <laughs> like um, the early 80s what like this is what they were what do you mean like okay you got your different you're like your animals who are people yeah uh, animals what are people they're but solving they're really their problems through animals, violence against space communism like, yeah, 
I, yeah, it's just a very, very thin veneer to what they're actually saying. And they do it with cute cartoon characters because that's how you sell it to kids. Yeah, and it was produced by a number of companies, including uh, Sunbow, who are the G.I. Joe people, uh, mm. and Marvel, and Continuity Comics, who also did the comic book. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, those ties to Marvel and G.I. Joe are kind of relevant because this had a good amount of toy franchise that was relatively easy to market. Like, the oh, characters yeah. are all, like, I don't think they look great, but they're definitely vibrant and, and unique. They're distinctive. Very distinctive, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so I don't remember who, which one of us, or no, somebody suggested this show, right? Yeah, Ethan the Third. Ethan the Third. Thank you, Ethan the Third. Uh, my, um, uh, thanks. What do you, <laughs> hang on a second. I was gonna, I had something. Were you just gonna uh, do the Lupin theme again? Lupin the third. No, I should have. Uh, no, I was gonna say, uh, give our regards to your father and grandfather. Ethan's the second and first. <laughs> Respectively. <laughs> yes. And also at the end, the progenitor, patient zero, Ethan. Has anyone ever had, like, Okay, so like I'm picturing a dad and then his kid who's named after him, so that's the second, and then mm-hmm. the grandfather changes his name so that he, but you can't change the first and second, so he becomes the zeroth. Has that ever happened? Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I just, I just said. How, how would that work? <laughs> Why would it become the zeroth? Because you can't rename one and two. There is this what you think making conversation is? <laughs> no, okay. Well, how many... Is this how it feels to you? <laughs> how many John Smiths are there in the world? And how come they're not numbered? It's just the one. He's just very fast. <laughs> and a shapeshifter. <laughs> and a time lord. Yeah, yeah. He, he's right along the ranks of Boomhauer, Dave Grohl, uh, Popeye, or... Wait, 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 who's the third time lord? <laughs> Phil? I don't know. Phil, Phil can seven? I don't uh, know. In any case. Yeah, uh, did, did Ethan the Third say why he suggested this show? Do we have a little blurb? We do, and I forgot to pull it up. But Very I'm editing cool. this episode, so you'll never know. Very cool. Yeah, the music's great. Oh, it's... Is oh, it's totally rad, brah. Sebastian. Brah. Um, oh, I didn't know you went to the uh, the science thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good poster. Yeah, just why? <laughs> Question yeah, mark. Good. I was I, I was gonna go there. I was gonna go to the one in Philly, but I went boxing instead, and I think it was the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have <laughs> liked to go to it as well. I just it's been kind of kind of a busy week. So. Yeah. Well, you you could have gone boxing to the to the march. Don't know what that means. You know, boxers for science. For science. <laughs> they had one of those in Epo. There's no B word there. So, uh, yeah, you said oh, you had a comment? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he says, uh, this isn't your father's cartoon, Wabbit. Uh, our father being uh, Carton the First? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> what? <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. So that was the, the entirety of his... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's very 80s, so it kind of is our... And they have, I mean, they do have that, like, wabbit and duck thing, but they're on the same team. Like, how much could Bugs and Daffy have accomplished if they had only worked together and saw past the differences? Also, like, uh, Daffy Duck definitely benefits from an extra pair of arms (laughs) at the the cost of one eye. He does not benefit from having literal teeth. 
Yeah, like that's, that that really threw me off. I it, it's no worse than the cowboy of Mumesa women having breasts. It's it's all trouble. It, it's it's some trouble, but it's like forgivable trouble. When there's trouble. Like this is just how shit looked in the past. You you couldn't have cartoons that were kind of like more factual. Well, no, cuz other than that he kind of looks like Daffy with the bill like like there are right, ways but- to do ducks right. Do ducks right, yeah. <laughs> do ducks. Oh, that's the sign you should have held at the march. No, it's DDR. That's that's the whole game franchise is off of that one. <laughs> do ducks right, and then yeah, it's one unifying principle. And what are we doing <laughs> right, right now? Let's talk. I, I'm not sure. Zane, we're pretty loopy. Let's talk about uh, Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, it's probably because our that theme song has been rotating in my head for the past few days, and just like everything scrambled. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really engaging. But yeah, so Bucky O'Hare. You, we had already talked about the production of it, yes. uh, but Zane, what is the plot? So um, there is a, sort of a galactic federation of mammal species in the Aniverse, which is the animal universe, mm-hmm. uh, and they are fighting the toad menace. So the idea is that there was this race of toads, and they were lazy and complacent, um, and they made a robot complex to make their lives easier, uh, but then it took over their society and turned them all into Nazis. Yeah, let me do it real quick. Uh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just paraphrase what you said. I'm gonna I'm gonna just try to compress it into as few words as possible. Uh, it is Star Fox, but the enemy is Skynet. Ooh, uh, is that? I mean, that's pretty close, right? I was thinking it is Captain America with animals in space why, why captain america oh he's always fighting not like bucky o'hare is captain oh, yeah, america because poli- he's a political force yeah yeah and a propaganda machine as we'll see that's true um <laughs> but yeah the the resistance is led by the space the sentient protoplasm against colonial encroachment yeah that's pretty cool yeah i'm, I'm glad they reach for it they, they, there's like this uh there's this sort of thin film of trying to make the concept all self-consistent uh, or, or like really reaching for those dumb jokes uh, that just kind of 80s stuff really thrived on, um, especially in the, all the pun names, like Al Negator as like <laughs> one of the antagonists. That's pretty dumb. Uh, or the human uh, whose name is Willie Do It, which is like a constant thing is... Um, a constant thing with him is sort of a test of courage. Is he able to do what is necessary? Will he do it? Oh, I thought that that was just like he's witty and has a strong force of will. Yeah, I mean that, that's it's probably multi talent. Yeah. Names the the names aren't the strong suit. Um, the characters are actually I found pretty engaging, and the plot line, you know, it's it's a little stock standard, but they they do some fun things with it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, once you get to the format, which is, here's the villains, it is, you know, a bunch of toads, here is our good guys, it is Firefly, but animals. Mm-hmm. After you get there, the plots are more or less, pre- not not predictable, but not really special. Um, right. It's just that they have really strong, compelling tools to work with, and it benefits from that kind of 80s um ideology of making all your characters very distinct and uh and and giving them very distinct personalities sure and uh you know i watch it's only one season uh 13 episodes so i watched the whole thing oh wow i Uh, only watched like the the opening three well the 
the quality does jump around a bit, even though the plots are very similar. Mm. Um, but the really good ones, um, you know, kind of elevate the whole thing, and the and the rest are just kind of muddled in the middle. Yeah, I found that the show was actually very good from what I saw. Uh, the first three, I mean, the opening arc, I mean, is is very kind of self consistent. It's not quite a Samurai Jack level of opening arc. Uh, it's it isn't that stylized. It's just sort of a mashup of a bunch of things, some of which you will like, but they have enough there that you are entertained the whole time. Yeah, and as you said, the characters are pretty good. I, I wouldn't say they're flawless. They uh, there, there's a couple things that I find fault with. Like I said with the toy figures, I think that their models are a little uninspired. Uh, I don't particularly care for the way Bucky O'Hare looks. <laughs> oh, with those big old calves and just like walking around like his lower half is pajamas. Walking around like his lower half is like a good couple inches ahead of the rest of him. Yeah, he's he's he, he's like a toddler who doesn't know his own strength yet. <laughs> uh, and he's got like this weird like face frills plate. Yeah, this this face frills yeah. that, uh, that that I don't particularly enjoy I, I can't explain much about why he's a rabbit or why they did rabbits this way um yeah like it fits so, but, but i mean like the character models are not all uniformly kind of stretchy and not great like uh it's not a he-man where just like you look at one character model and you can guess the shape of everything else yeah no these guys they're at least distinct they're distinct um their personalities inform you more of their differences more than anything else um but their personalities are kind of upfront, like you can tell them apart very quickly yeah so uh anyway we should uh discuss a little bit of what the plot kind of revolves around like kind of the flavor of the plot because we know that there's a basically a war between all the sentient animals what are not toads or a computer program and then toads are a computer program on the other side yeah and so we'll get a you know a crisis the toads are invading this planet or whatever and rather than having like a standing army or anything they the the mammals kind of put all their hopes into bucky's uh, uh and his crew on their spaceship the righteous indignation god it's so fucking cool <laughs> i know there, there's there's you, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front saying that's a cool name. That's <laughs> so good. Um, uh, yeah, are they mercs? No, um, I think they're just sort of like a. So, well, this gets into the thing about propaganda, which uh, I'll, I'll say it up front. Like, I think that this show is in universe or in anniverse um, propaganda. Like, this is a TV show in their universe. That's what it feels like to me as well. Because um, it's like the one you know ragtag group of people fighting this terrible foe and kind of doing it through because we're good we have personalities whereas the enemy is all sort of uniform and bad you know this is this is some star wars-esque stormtrooper kind of stuff it very much is yeah uh and that's a little unfortunate i think there was a missed opportunity which gets dealt with in the uh compilation uh there's some extended materials to bucky o'hare to the bucky o'hare story oh really it turns out uh you may not be aware of this but uh some people came, like a bunch of fanfic writers, liked the show so much that they actually came up with a web series. Oh, I didn't know about this. It, it isn't animated, but it is storyboarded. The scripts are there. It, it's kind of like a long-form script, like Bucky enters, dressed in blah, blah, blah. You know, like that <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, and I, I'm reading through it. It it reads like an episode of Bucky O'Hare. Like, it's pretty quality work. Oh, this page image they got looks great. Yeah. Look like a yeah. bunch of Mega Man bosses. 
right? It's got that kind of weird 80s video game feel. Like, there's enough in these characters that you can interpret them in a really, really cool way. Much in the same as Mega Man. Oh, and the web series starts at season two. It's really just like, yeah. hey, this is a continuation. And if anything, they, from what I've read, it's uh, darker than the original uh, series, which is cool. Audio files? Oh, and there's man, also like a great. time skip because like, uh, like uh, Willie is like uh, 14 by the time it starts or something. Huh. Yeah, how old is Willie in the show? Uh, he is a preteen. Yeah. So I'm thinking like 11. Yeah. That that's kind of the sweet spot for your avatars. You need it. Yeah, you you it is not so young as to be unbelievable, but it is old enough to be able to it is young enough such that like if you're a kid watching it, you can kind of, you know. Yeah, and then the 90s is your avatar. The 90s aesthetic is such that like this looks cool to people young enough. When young people look at like the teenagers, they're like, "Oh, they're like so cool they they do mm-hmm. this like 90s white guy rap that's super yeah. <laughs> and they're you know surfboarding or whatever um but Whoa. when but in, when kids in the 90s were teenagers they were you know going against what was obviously cool you know they were they were like uh oh i want to just have emotions and be grunge <laughs> and be grunge i don't and have a good goes, conception of what happened during the 90s <laughs> it goes even farther than that because willie is like uh let's see here my parents are hippies and i sort of understand them and everybody in my world is like the worst person ever they're just bullies yeah and there's these like adorable animals who treat me for my intel like treat me right for my intelligence let's just like sidestep all of my socializing years and just like continue being you know with my head in a book yeah it's pretty cool let's talk about willie first because even though he's not like the main character he's sort of who we see the show I'm, through i'm pretty sure he he is the main character they he shows he shows up an awful lot it's him and bucky and then everyone else agreed um, yeah so yeah i guess let's talk about the characters um i wanted to say as a group the characters um i think they're very good um i, I miss kind of shows that have because of the way the story progresses as a kind of actual arc as opposed to like one shot villain stuff Mm -hmm. like you know that the toads might be doing something different every episode but it is always the toads and so you get this continuity of character for both the pro and antagonists Mm -hmm. it just kind of builds on itself um kind of like a shaolin showdown kind of thing like yes it's a villain of the week format but it's always jack spicer and he's always great yeah and the crew you know they have their own specialties and so they each get a chance to shine I'm, um, I so missed having well-defined, growing characters. Yeah. Like, the designs, I think, are a little weak, but the personalities are mm, 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 so good. <laughs> it's so perky. I love that. Um, yeah, so you get, um, you know, you get the sort of, like, upstanding Boy Scout, like, Bucky, but then you also have, like, Deadeye Duck, who is from a race of space pirates. Yeah, he's, he's got a checkered past. Yeah. And so they use him for, like, the sort of, uh, uh, oh, just go in guns blazing sort of sit, uh, uh, solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so I, you, I like that they each have their own different roles. Definitely. And they, uh, I mean, as you said, uh, the one that we look at the most is the human. Yeah. Token human, Willie DeWitt. How did you feel about Willie? Because what they do in the intro arc is they kill off or, or vaporize to another dimension 
um, their berserker baboon, Bruce, who is the engineer and the muscle, and they sort of replace him with Willie and his brother, Bruiser, to serve as those roles separately. What do you think of that choice? I don't understand why they had to kill him off. I think it would have been fine if he had, like, he had retired or was called back home for some reason or or, or something like that. Uh, You know, I, I don't think it needed to be as dramatic as it was. I like that. I, I I like Willie's place in the story. I think he's very well suited to this. I, I think he might be why the story works. I'm actually a little bit the opposite. Oh yeah. Um. I I think killing off Bruce made sense if they had to make room for this kid character. Um. But I I kind of would have been fine without it. I think they did it really well. I Willie really grew on me, and as soon as they took him out of like the Earth situation like whenever willie's just another member of the crew serving his own role is really good because he's clever um you know he's not like this big brute but he is actually taller than most of the animals so i i I don't know i like him better than most kid avatars i i would not it would not have occurred to me to kill off a character and replace him with this guy you know if you had come to me with nothing uh so here's the thing i uh I was much the same way as you were at the beginning. I was like, okay, here's fucking Scrappy or, you know, any... Uh, who, who's another, like, human character that we're supposed to identify with? Mm. Like, what's another good example? That they just this? toss in? Or, uh, like, uh, like, they give you a cute character or, like, um, a, a kind of naive, innocent one. Maybe even a bumbling idiot character. Uh, so, like, I guess Orko. I don't see it as that. If we're talking about like... Or Wily Kid and Wily Cat. How about that? I saw it more as like, oh, I I as a viewer want to put myself into these situations. And and that's what he's there for. Um, but I, given how I other shows him. treat the innocent newcomer who's younger than everyone else, I thought he was going to be more of a problem. And I think it was just... It surprised me so much that he actually did fit in with everything. Yeah, he... That's what I'm so saying. Just, like, as soon as you take him away from Earth, he's great. Uh, so, like, to explain it a little bit more, in the first episode, their old engineer dies, and they're like, our propulsion system is screwed. We need a new engineer fast. Otherwise, we can't get out of this armada invasion um, or this trap that the Toads have built. And they somehow, he, both both Willie and the, the crew of the... Um, of right. their ship the are righteous indignation the righteous indignation are turning on the photon accelerators at the same time and so like you know wormhole open cross you know crossing the street yeah photon it, accelerator it, is their shorthand for a wizard did it yeah or or the uh or hyperspace drive or like hyperdrive or mm-hmm. whatever the, but the point is uh that willie kind of jumps into this world and is able to go, travel between the righteous indignation and his home planet Earth at pretty much at will. Right. So just just in case anyone wasn't clear. And he tries to balance that in the earlier episodes, but then he's just like this these space battles are way better. Like I'm going to stick in Narnia for for my so life. So I only saw the opening arc of the three episodes and I thought that it still balanced it fine. Okay. Like I liked seeing him at the beginning kind of shying away from bullies and then once he got a uh, on the righteous indignation's crew he kind of grew up a little bit. You know, he's kind of maturing in this fantasy world and then bringing those skills back home. Yeah, definitely. 
that I did like. Once I didn't once, really care for the rest. Once we get virtual reality, I think that's a great way to handle like teenagers or coming of age. Like put them put them in the VR and let them go mm-hmm. on these like adventures, you know, helping people and doing that, and like let them learn the lessons firsthand. Well, yeah, just... while not being you know up in our space. Right. Exactly. And, and to the point of uh, like why he's likable, you know, he's. He's not a wacky side character that's meant to like tickle the whimsy gland. He's not a whiner. He's not cowering in fear. He's not a a know-it-all. He's just like, oh, I'm a member of the crew. Bucky is my leader. I will do what he says. My liege. I will contribute. Like, this is great. Do what I can. This is how I can prove myself. Yeah. It. He might be the best like audience avatar I've seen in maybe any cartoon. Agreed. At least for this age group. Like, yeah. He's very well suited to this. Yeah. Um, and it's brilliant to have him larger than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> like, oh, he's pretty tall. I'm like, oh, he's a kid. Uh, that is so clever. That is so, that is so clever in, like, in, in like, like uh, segmenting these two universes. Like, this doesn't necessarily behave the way as the other thing. Because if he was the same, he, he it makes it feel more sci-fi and less, like, furry convention. They would look really weird if they were adult-sized, like human yeah, adult-sized. that would be rough. Uh, I, I love that he's taller than everyone else. I like that he wears uh, Bruce's old battle suit so that it he looks, looks like he's... It looks good on him. It looks like he's wearing the dude's skin. I know, but, <laughs> but it looks good on him. It gives him some abilities. Yeah, no, like... And they don't just say, like, oh, hey, space brain man, um, you know, do our engineering. Like, he gets into the action. He can do some flips. Like, he's he's got the total package. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just a little bit, he's sort of built like the uh, uh, like Bruce was. You know, he's just he's bigger than everyone else, and so he can kind of use that size to cow some of the toads into submission. Because mm-hmm. they don't know that he's a weakling. He's no, big. absolutely not. They've never seen this creature in their universe. Yeah, this is a monster. <laughs> you you can you can say like, oh, I'm gonna melt you with my brain lasers, and they're like, oh shit, he's got brain lasers. <laughs> Yeah, like we have zero data points to refute that. Yeah, like as far as as far as the totes could tell, like Bucky and his menace, like like that entire other side of the war just conjured up demons. <laughs> He's a demon, yes. As it, he seemed like an in-universe demon, it seems like. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think that Willie's great. Willie is very good character. Who is he voiced by? I don't think I don't think I looked up uh, Willie's because he's not a. Not a big fame fame doctor. Uh, Shane Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. He he's actually uh, in a lot of different stuff, including some live action stuff from a while ago, like MacGyver and Walker Texas Ranger. Ooh. Um, as well as a couple other characters in like Captain N, the Game Master, and the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. That sounds so, about more consistent. It's weird to think of like <laughs> this kid in Walker Texas Ranger. Well, he he was uh he's he was a kid role in. MacGyver. Oh, sure. Like, it was a flashback, and he played, like, Baby MacGyver. <laughs> Which is just Tommy Pickles. Like, yeah, just just putting his toys together to form yeah. a grappling hook to get out of the crib. Exactly. <laughs> for milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's, let's move along. We uh, also have Bucky O'Hare. Our title character who, like, like I said, as soon as I heard him, I realized that this is not going to be... This is not going to be as kitty as the bright lights and and everything makes it seem, right? Like yeah. bright colors, 
bright colors, animal heroes. You're like, okay, this is for a pretty young audience, but no. Yeah, and, th- and then he starts talking. This is a no-nonsense leader. Like, he commands loyalty and respect. He's not afraid to get into the thick of it. Like, this is how leadership... He's basically a young James Kirk. Uh, I was I was going to even go, like, almost Captain Mao. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, not quite as ruthless, but, you know, it, it's definitely that... That kind of no, no nonsense captain that inspires loyalty in his crew. You, his uh, only is, flaw is maybe he's a little too perfect. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have mind some roughness to this diamond. Yeah, he he needs his crew, but it's not always op- like they write th- the plot so he, that he needs his crew. I think one of the maybe maybe one of his weaknesses is that he's too trusting. Like he's a little bit um, like. He's a his, Boy Scout. He's got a big heart that's kind of like locked behind a cage of ice. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it's not that he's emotionless. I, I love that Mario villain. <laughs> Is it, I mean, he's he's not like emotionless. He's just got kind of, he, he's got too, he, he would feel too much unless he kept it in check is kind of the the vibe that I got from him. Yeah, this, you get the sense that he's been around a while and has made a lot of mistakes. He he kind of strikes me as a uh, peppy from uh, Star Fox, just because he's a rabbit. Not even no. Is it's like he doesn't look all that. He doesn't look all that serious, but he just it, that's the. Well, I think it works as if like he's a little bit past his prime almost, and like he's starting to groom Willie to take on leadership. It it almost feels that way. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't have minded a little bit more backstory to him. He does feel a little unfleshed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I don't know what to make of him, really. So, like, it, you know, I don't remember. Like, I think he has a jetpack, and I think he, he like, knows some sort of martial arts, and I know that he can jump a good distance, but he doesn't use these techniques in every episode. He's usually a, like, commanding the bridge, yeah, thinking tact- through the issue. He's a tactician. He's not a fighter. And he's brave. Like, he'll get into it, but it's never his first choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he is very well suited to his role as a captain. I just I just don't know anything about him. And and also I think he's got one of the weaker character models. <laughs> he do, he looks a little off. He 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 does. He looks maybe it's just the juxtaposition with his voice is just that his voice is so serious and his everything that he is is so goofy. <laughs> you can see like he lands on earth and people keep trying to pet him. He's like, "Please don't do that." Yeah, he's like more cotton candy flavored than everyone in House of Mouse. I can't imagine his model looking any different, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how do you change that and still keep him who he is? I don't and know. so Maybe, what it does... I would what... say put a metal plate on half of his chest. Yeah, that you could You know, like war wounds. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, having watched the episodes, it... Or, or maybe like a torn ear. It, 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 it switches your expectations so that now... Like, it brought up your idea of what the show is. You know? Yeah. Um, They're definitely very good at juxtaposing what I'm expecting and what I want. Yeah, so, like, th- this character, by virtue of being consistent, has made the show less kitty. Yeah, and and it's also been made it very subversive by virtue of having the rabbit character be the serious one. Yeah, you like, never we're, see we're that. All, we're all versed with Looney Tunes. We know what rabbits are supposed mm-hmm. to do. And he's doing none of it. Not even in just, you know, tone or character. Like, he's not peppy or bouncy or anything, but he's also not anything that Bugs Bunny was. Like, he's not yeah, crafty he, this and This is not your father's wabbit. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's, he's not crafty or referential or anything like that. He is, like you said, no nonsense. So I, I kind of like him, but I also kind of wanted a little something else. Yeah, I don't I don't know what more you can do with this character than what they did. Which is why I, I think that Willie DeWitt is actually the main character. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. He also has a ragtag crew of mis- ragtag crew of misfits. Yeah, so we have his uh, like first mate, uh, Jenny, mm-hmm. who is a cat with psychic powers that are a secret for some reason. I think that that was actually really good, like kind of second season baiting, and uh, it just uh, it's something I wouldn't have minded hearing more about. Well, they do some they do have an episode where they show like her whole race keeps it a secret. Yeah. Um, and it's actually uh, kind of cool the way that they do it because um, they can all give up their power toward a common goal, but they all have to do it. Huh. Um, yeah, they're they're like, uh, they, they kind of strike me as like an Avatar-esque race. Yeah. Not 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 Avatar Last Airbender, but James Cameron's Avatar, like... Collective. You know, yeah, like a collective species with like vaguely mystical powers that others don't understand. Well, it, I, the fact that like... Um, for what they were using it for, every single one of them had to do it. And so, you know, uh, uh, the person they were rescuing said, like, but I didn't do anything. Like, no, without you, it would not have worked. Um, yeah. It just made me think, like, that would be a great D&D campaign. Like, this race of immortals. Like, one yeah, person, you have to convince them. One person became an individual, and you have to, like, get them to come back to the fold before more people start defecting. Huh. I don't know. I, I thought that was really cool, but we don't actually see a ton of, of character development on Jenny. And that's that kind of, the way we keep on talking about the main characters who seem like they have something to them, but we don't see any of it. They all leads, do. Leads into this problem that I have with the show. Okay. Which, and that is that it's trying so hard to be a busy action comic show that there's nothing, that you can't get any deeper. Like there are certain shows that are just we can't get any deeper because they are so shallow. Can I can I like take that and sort of um, not clarify, but just sort of put my own spin on it from yeah, what absolutely. I'm seeing? So Jenny had an episode like that. Dead Eye had an episode like that where you see their character in more depth, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. I love those episodes. After that happens, they're like you know that about them, but it doesn't inform anything. Yeah. So like your conception of them has grown, but the things they're doing are basically the same. Because the characters aren't the focus. Mm-hmm. At least those characters aren't. It's it's all Willie. Yeah, it's mostly Willie and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's... There's other shows that we can't get any deeper into because there's just nothing there. Yeah. But beneath, like, the characters, like... Uh, well, there's not that there's nothing... So what I want to say about it is, like, it's not that there's nothing beneath them. It's that... These characters already exist, they're already established, and we get to see into their backstory, but since they, like, those things are in their past, yeah. we're, we're seeing them at their full, we're just getting more context. Yeah, and, and because they are such a unified crew that is very professional, uh, they, they never let the mask slip. These are, yeah. you know, these are professionals, we, we aren't going to see any deeper because that's not going to help the mission. Yeah. So I would have enjoyed more growth from characters besides Willie. And I think also part of the problem is just that the focus of the show is spectacle, and uh, kind of pretty action packed. <laughs> it's, it's pretty action packed. It doesn't waste any time. It it flips from one scene to the next very 
you know, with 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 a, a lot of purpose. A lot of so episodes... we don't get any like we don't get any downtime. Mm-hmm. A lot of and... episodes have like a, a plot twist at the end. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. I was playing you for a chump the whole time. Right. Aha. Exactly. Yeah, and there's just nothing. Mm. The the so yeah, the main problem I kind of had with the show is just that there was no downtime, um, and just two minutes at the beginning of the episode, or maybe something halfway through to establish a concept for the episode, like uh, Dead Eye can't be trusted when you know there's this priceless artifact around because his his people like are are, are um, his people value it so highly that it would set him for life. You know, we don't get any of that. There's nothing. The characters are two dimensional, but not three dimensional. Like they're just they're committed to the space drama thing, and it prevents it from being an actual drama. Um, I I don't know. And that's just that's I, how I felt it from. It, I think it, I think like I it, see it in a similar way. I just wouldn't phrase it like that. Well, I, like to to sum it up, I get to sum up my idea on it. It feels like a Star Wars movie and not an episode of Firefly. Yes. Like it like it's very plot focused and not yeah. character driven. Plot and action. So like you never forget like why are we doing this? Oh, the toads are are evil. We need to deal yeah, with Yeah, toads toads are assholes. You know, these and these characters are really nice. They're really like their personalities are detailed, but it's all so that you can understand what's going on and how they're going to beat the toads this time. Yeah, they're they're just flavor. They're they're not the main course. Sure. Um, so uh anyway, but uh, Deadeye Duck. You got Deadeye Duck. I like him a lot. He yeah, is voiced is... by Scott McNeil. It's Doctor Wiley. Yep, it's your favorite. <laughs> sure is. Um, so the fact that he's not a mammal is interesting. Is it? Because you don't see most of the most of the SPAC. They are mammals, and they are the yeah. sort of like always good kind of people. Oh, interesting. Whereas ducks, we only see as space pirates or space ninjas. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird in between space that that sort of works into the whole propaganda angle like oh you know normally we wouldn't be working with with the ducks but they they hate the toads just as much as us that's so that's an interesting alignment spectrum that i never considered before but Isn't it's it? absolutely true yeah <laughs> like, like the more... i mean not beyond just this show but even in just this show you have the most human which is willie uh and arguably bucky and then the slightly less human but still mammals like dogs and cats and stuff. And then you kind of have your amphibians and, and 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 reptiles, which are sort of on the black and gray end of the spectrum, followed up finally with a robot at the end. Like um, like that whole like more human, less human kind of spectrum follows exactly the morality spectrum. I, I yeah I would put the amphibians all the way at the one end and just have robots throughout because we do have Blinky as well. Um, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, definitely, and and we did see a couple others. So I think I saw a bee person once. Um, cool. Rumblebee. <laughs> he was in that backup crew aboard the um, Indefatigable. Yeah. Which I I really like that that was the name of the second ship because that's because it's hard to pronounce and kids can't do it. No, that's the name of the ship in uh, Horatio Hornblower. What the hell is that? Oh, it's this great... Um, do you know that actor Ian Gruffold? No. He was Mr. Fantastic. He's what? Mr. Fantastic. In what movie? In the Fantastic Four movie. Like the first one? Uh, yeah. I can't remember his face. Um, that, that movie but he's a really right good actor, and that was one of his major roles, and it's just such a... It's a really engaging, um, you know, 1800s naval battle series. Hmm. 
I, I recommend it. Okay, uh, I'll keep it in mind. Um, but yeah, so there's this backup ship with some extra characters, and they have a B. Um, so I don't know how that works yeah, in, but Titan's yeah, the, am- the amphibians are definitely the most evil. So we have Alnegator, we have all the mm-hmm. toads, Toadborg. Yes, Toadborg. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of like, but that's it's not even just the show that does that. Like, uh, mammals are kind of beloved uh, in these in these things. Like Bugs Bunny is the good guy, Duck, Daffy Duck is less the good guy. Yeah, um, you have biker mice from Mars. That's right. Even yeah. from Mars, they are more human than the uh, than the it, than the toads or was the it cats frogs? or fish? I forget which uh, one was the, the reboot first, and which one's the, the original. The first one was fish. The second one was cats. Okay, so they lost their way a little bit. Yeah, a little C- bit. Yeah. Cats are this like nice exception space where if there's only mammals, cats are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like with Fievel and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I, I like this. Yeah, I think that's. I, I, don't I think know we've if, set up the ground lines for our race war. <laughs> I wonder if this is a uh, if it, it's a generational thing. Okay. Like, uh, because in the age of the in the eighties, with the biker mice and all things like that, you did have it, it seems like frogs and fish and those guys were the bad dudes, and you know bring it into the nineties, it seems like cats are the bad dudes. Hmm. Oh, I wonder how my, how far we can let's let's keep that in mind for the future. Yeah, I think That's the only place it breaks down is the Ninja Turtles, but I don't like them. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yep. Um, anyway. Uh, rounding out the, the ship, uh, we have Blinky, who yep, he's is... he's just a kind of android bot. Not much to him. Yeah, it's interesting. He's the only, like, smart character I've seen that speaks in broken English. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Blinky not know what to do. Yeah, it, it's it's odd. It's like his, it's like he's an alien whose translator malfunctioned almost, because mm-hmm. that's the only other time that really happens. Right. I'm reading this really good uh, graphic novel right now called Letter Forty Four, which is all about an alien race has been spotted on the periphery of what we humans can observe, and it has influenced all of our presidential um, politics. What do you mean the periphery? Like in a in a. Like, like hiding dimension? behind Mars, okay. Uh, basically, and like only NASA and the like, only the president and like eight dudes know about it, and so it has influenced political policy for the past eight years. And then the new president has to take it over and is immediately aware of all of his campaign promises do not line up with this new threat that he didn't know about. Oh, that sounds really good. And the uh, some of the the aliens that are there, a little bit of a spoiler, but you do eventually talk to them, and they talk in this weird speech pattern where they only talk in terms of change like uncertainty becomes certainty or like uh confusion becomes clear clarity weird it's very it's very strange and it kind of blinky sort of reminds me of that that yeah. little, uh, smart guy whose english is broken yeah it's huh. cool uh there's not much to blinky though no he's the easiest member of the crew to like if you got rid of him i wouldn't notice yeah, agreed. I mean, I guess there's also Bruiser, who is uh, one of my favorite races in this, I guess. The Beetlejuicy and Berserker baboons? That's right. The Beetlejuicy <laughs> and Berserker baboons. Uh, yeah, what, what did you think of them? Uh, I, I, I liked them. I wanted um, to see their homeworld. Yeah. The toads have this um, instinct, like unsuppressible reflex, where when yeah, they see fear. one of these, they, they freak out. Yeah, like uh, like the uh, like the Daleks and the Doctor. Uh huh. Like they just can't help it. 
And so, like, I like this species. Again, I don't know why they needed to kill off the original one and just replace him with his brother. Yeah, that's very... <laughs> that's very retcon, isn't it? <laughs> like, this whole show is meant up. to be a comic book. They covered something up, but they don't know... Like, we don't know why or what. <laughs> like, they found out Bruce did something nasty and they're trying to wean us off of him. Yeah, like, like what happened? Did his... Did his voice actor like catch the uh, the black lung two two minutes into the first episode? What, what happened? <laughs> Listen, we we think you're doing some great work, but you have these charges against you. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't want our show to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, he he serves like I like his role and I like his personality. I think the whole like oh, apes like bananas kind of thing is overdone, but they it's, don't it's they don't rely like... on it too much. What I like about him is that he is, despite being kind of a berserker character, he's also incredibly loyal. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and that's he's just like, not something I see a lot. He's swearing blood oaths everywhere. He's swearing blood oaths everywhere, but is like, incre- he falls in line so readily. Sure. And I like, I like to think that the Beetlejuicean battle berserkers are just like this incredibly tight knit tribal kind of group that, like, you know, they 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 die for the cause very easily. And, like, they never retreat, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that works great in this sort of system of honor. Man, I would love to know about baboon religion. Um, okay. No, shut up. Beetlejuice and baboon religion. Come on. Why? BBR. I, I'd be pretty into that. Like, I think that would have been a, a good touch for his character. Oh, and if he was a religious zealot? We already had that yeah. Earthworm Jim. So? Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Oh, and, and I know that we had thought like, you know, oh, doing two space shows in a row might get old. These are so different. They, 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 they well, the Earthworm Jim isn't really a space show compared to this. Yeah, there's, there's zero overlap. Yeah, exactly. It, despite the like animals in space theme. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're tonally very disparate as well. Um, not the least of which is because Jim, a worm, is a good guy. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think that maybe maybe that's part of the subversiveness to Earthworm Jim. Actually, is that yeah, it's yeah, not he's gross. Riding, yeah, is it not riding that you know gross outside, gross inside sort of yeah. uh, sort of ethos? And he's still fighting like fish and slugs and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's more like the bad guys are gross. Earthworm Jim is like everybody's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like that. Like we're all gross, but the everyman is a palatable gross and that's why we're siding with him yeah good like good enough <laughs> at least he hides most of it with a spacesuit which is also how propaganda works uh yeah so let's let's round out the characters i simply wanted to talk about the toad menace yeah complex well complex i didn't see much of well, i saw well, more of the toads just he, as a race. he shows up more later he even gets like a mech suit in the at the end uh, doesn't but this surprise is, me at all but this is long john baldry who is dr robotnik Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, the the toads. I love it. It's this race of gross, stupid, petty, lazy, like every negative trait, even ones that contradict each other. Yeah. They're just we need an enemy and we need no gray. Yeah. And then they're, they're, the amount of ire they gain from the rest of the universe is not borne out by their sins. Like yeah, because like they implemented fascism and they took over like a world, right? Well, not even like they they made their world easier to live in by creating this computer program and it skynetted them and they are under in like forced servitude. Yeah, 
Like, it's not that they are innocent, but it's, you know, it's not personal, guys. <laughs> which which makes it weird that, you know, the good guys always phrase it in terms of like, let's croak toads. Like, not, let's not undo complex or anything like that. It's no. always like, we need to kill toads. Exactly. Um, yeah. And they have this uh, sort of commander, the toad uh, air marshal. I liked him a lot. Um, he's the main villain for a bit. I think they bring in Toadborg later when they want a credible threat. Doesn't it seem like they're all like uh, they they kind of remind me of Coop in that they're just really goofy consumers. Like not the actual competence part of Coop from Megas XLR, but just a bunch of goofy consumer idiots. Yeah. So this this plays into the propaganda theme, which I think we should state outright. Yes. Um, propaganda, and you'll see this a lot in, you know, World War One and World War II. Um, you see it today with our treatment of North Korea. Oh, yeah. The enemy is portrayed as... I mean, the simul- entire Middle East, really. ...as simultaneously incredibly devious and dangerous and unstable, but also laughable idiots. Yep. And yep. and that's it's to trick the populace into thinking, okay, first off... This war that we need to do is morally justifiable, morally necessary, but also going to be really easy. Yeah, I don't know if the really easy part is necessarily the case, though. Well, that's why that's why they they're idiots, right? That's why I, you portray them the as case. idiots. In this, it's the case. I'm not sure it's the case at large today. Uh, more with North Korea than than the other ones, but they definitely like. like was, was this how the Nazis were treated in propaganda? You know, when they weren't, you know, spiking. And I'm not, I'm also not going to claim that, like, we didn't have the moral right against the Nazis. No, we I'm just saying that we also had propaganda. Like, those two things can both be true. I'm not sure that the Nazis were portrayed as goofy or inept. Maybe not in the, um, you know, in the outright regular propaganda, but in, like, um, because I know that I'm thinking of, like, TV shows and comic strips where. They all look goofy and stupid, and they can be easily tricked by the good guy. Because I know that the 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 common refrain for terrorists, um, like Middle Eastern or domestic terrorists, is that they're all brilliant geniuses that are connected to sort of like this this high. They're like higher ups in the organization, or they're the full soldiers of some conspiracy, and, and that's the spin they put on it to make it seem like a dedicated effort to undermine our whole country. Yeah. Which is kind of at odds with the idiots who don't know what they're doing sort of thing that you're trying to push. I, I've seen both. Because um, I, I don't see that one here either. Like, I think that what you're saying with that they're trying to treat them as idiots, so the war is going to be really easy to win, so you might as well sign up and get your sweet discount card. You, <laughs> Buy uh, war bonds. Yeah, exactly. Um, then, like, I think that this show fits that kind of propaganda. It's just Maybe. not a kind of propaganda that I'm really familiar with. Maybe it depends on the nature of the enemy. So I think you see the bumbling propaganda a lot more like intra country. So like if you look at our country and like um, how the left and the right kind of demonize each other, it's always like, oh, they're those those liberals are so out of touch with, uh, you know, what's what's real America or, you know, those conservatives are just all backwards, you know, like. Like you see I, that I love here. the phrase "the real America." <laughs> the real America. Yeah, that's so funny to me. <laughs> like it's somehow like, like it's, as soon as you utter those words, you're not even in a conversation anymore. <laughs> it's condescending, but it like backfires a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, like no, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um, the other thing that makes this 
very clear propaganda is the fact that the is like we said the stormtrooper syndrome they're all kind of the same toad enemy whereas our set of heroes is very diverse yeah exactly Um, and it's the it's the segregation of species that really does that right the the whole ragtag band of misfits is a hero thing is this uh kind of you know melting pot like we, yeah. we put together the best and brightest from all these different walks of life and they're on buzz Lightyear's star command that's right and it, they're 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 against the evil you know masses of drones or you know yeah, zerg the, or whatever the, to- the toad menace the hive mind yeah exactly yeah. it's they're they're, they're, they're a uniform thing. evil they are unpersonalized our ship is the righteous indignation. I love that. That is <laughs> we, so brilliant. We are correct, and we are even correct in just assuming that we're correct. Exactly, yeah. That's how strong it is. And, and it's a little, like, subtle tweak to, like, it's, it's almost, like, self-ironic, is that it shows us the dangers of otherizing those who have made mistakes. Um, and I want to go a little bit into this, because, uh, like, propaganda is a huge theme. I took it in a slightly different way. Um, which is that it's the it's it's the evils of consumerism and trusting technology. Like so, I I went more of a Skynet direction with this. It almost sounds like a Fahrenheit four fifty one thing. A, a little like bit, com- yeah. Complacency. Or, or like a Fight Club. It, it, yeah, exactly. One of those things. Uh, this kind of anti authoritarian message. Um, yeah. So and- uh, the Toads built a computer program to make their lives easier, and it took control, right? Right. That is just Skynet. It is just iRobot. Do we ever hate an entire species in either of those? We hate uh, that. We hate the entity. We hate the evil computer program. We don't hate the humans that made it because they're all dead. But we do here. We uh, we absolutely do here, and because that the the species are segregated, we can otherize them entirely. Mm-hmm. The toads are evil because they created Skynet, despite explicitly now being at complex's mercy if you contrast that with either irobot or terminator where humans created the program they aren't categorically damned by the sins of their ancestors yeah yeah they're they're victims but we can't see them as victims if we're going to accomplish what we need to yeah and more than that it's just easy to see them as other yeah we can easily otherize them it's just very simple and in that Part, the good part of District 9, they do the same thing. They call them prawns, and they're just like, no, it's not racist. That's what they are. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, try, be, be cool. Just try a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the fact that we can see the toads at their leisure watching their horrible television oh my and God. being this sort of like... Every time we see them, they're like, idiots. This is why I think that the show itself is propaganda in their universe. Yeah, exactly. This is Captain America. So um, I, w- I do want to talk about their television for a little bit because it, it informs the tone in a in a neat way. Because most of the time, like you said, we have this uh, action series where we get it. You know, we understand the characters. Mm-hmm. But there are these segments where we just watched their TV shows. Yeah. And they're all like incredibly generic um, and derived uh, like stupid jokes. And yeah. They, and the Toads love it. They love it. They they love the Big Bang Theory. They yeah, exactly. love, they are so into it. The Toads are all like the people watching Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. Like they're 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 com- mindless. They're complicit to the sin. They're complicit to the uh, the problem of the of 
of this universe. And the fact that we see this is used to remind the propaganda-watching audience just how stupid they are. And and that they're not innocent. Like, they're complicit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they Uh, have a hand in this as well. They are benefiting from it, even though they're controlled by it. And, like, their ready consumption of this TV... Like, the fact that the TV is so bad is... uh, is carried through by the fact that they use it as torture on other species. Yeah, I, like, I haven't seen that. Like the Vogans from Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, they they like oh, strap yeah. someone in and make them watch like <laughs> or like stupid a, toad channel. Or or like a, a the Glorfed Commander trying to eat that cheesesteak to intimidate. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah, and he just hates it. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> like, oh god, <laughs> why did I do that? Uh, you know, as much as we're talking about the anti-toad propaganda kind of theme that like it worked on me (laughs) Uh, i mean it's it's cool i I like it a lot there's a lot to say about it i also want to stress that the show is fun to watch yeah like it's very compelling they they get rid of a lot of the they, they don't do jokes it's not a comedy show it's an action show they don't really have a lot of character depth or at least the character depth that they do have doesn't express itself in the show and that is not because it's not there, it's because they're spending so much time doing stuff. So it is fun to watch because it's engaging on a very on a very uh, spectacle level. On a like the part of you that enjoys watching space explosions, that enjoys watching Samus Dick take down space pirates, mm-hmm. the part that enjoys uh it's Jane cool. Cobb firing a gun at a space station. Like Yeah, this is this is not the thinking man show. Right, it, it's it's the it's the dogfight in Independence Day. Yeah, it's it's the cool space scenes. That's what that we're that's what the show is doing. That's yeah. what it delivers, and that's what kids are into. I want a steady stream of tension and resolution with my guys. You know, they'll always win, but it's always a close one. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they, they balance that really well. Yeah, and they always do it in a way like we won through merit and hard work and being clever. And they cause the problem by, you know, hitting below the belt. Yeah. Oh, this is, you could do this in psychology classes. Like, this is what in-group bias looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, our team is uh, morally justified. Our mistakes, we're diverse. We're diverse. Our mistakes, uh, you know, they're not caused by our, you know, personalities or lack of character. They're just external factors. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like... Seeing a show this consistent in how it's doing that, I really like. Consistent in in what exactly? In, in this message, it's it's giving of like this is. You know, thinking of the show as propaganda doesn't really add anything to it. Um, it's just easy to see it that way because that this is the tone of the show. This is the theme. Yeah, this is definitely like the most complete example. We're of getting you pumped up for this. An idea. Yeah. And I, I like being able to dig into it that much. I feel like it was more or less served to us specifically on a silver platter. Like, we didn't have to search very far for the propaganda oh, no. metaphor. No, not at all. <laughs> but the fact that it is so uniform in that message, it makes it, you know, fun to watch from that perspective. Because every time well, a Toad commercial the... comes on, you're just like, yep, yep, that's correct. That's well, what's that's happening. that's the thing. It's so obvious, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like the authors maybe recognize that's what they were doing. Like, it's easy to see, like, oh, they grew up on a steady diet of, of uh, you know, all-American boy uh, you don't think solving it was, problems. You don't think it was done uh, 
purposefully? Like, it might have been. Like, if you I contrast could... this to the anti, like, the corrupt authoritarian message of Cowboys of Moo Mesa? I think that the comic book was made in this subversive way. I don't think when they adapted it, the people who were adapting it really really recognize that they were just trying to make a faithful adaptation i, I guess that's hard to say right i don't know we're, we're how i'm creators. making that determination that's just what it feels like yeah and you know i think that we are looking into the past with our postmodern irony glasses and so we tend to look at everything as though it's contradicting its own message or that it's tongue-in-cheek or andy warhol about it but uh-huh. uh it might have been playing it straight it might have been there's a villain side they're toads because toads are gross and yeah. kids are going to want to see toads die yeah it's just you wouldn't expect so much of, like, the jargon to match up with things that the U.S. military has done. Like, call right. it, come on, stop saying croak toads like it's a funny thing. Well, that's like, the thing. You're in talking show, about dying soldiers on the opposition. Well, that's the thing. Like, clearly that idea was made by somebody who understood this. But in terms of the show, like, they don't show that self-awareness. No, they don't. Which like, is why the, I think, like, in adapting it, they didn't realize. The pieces are all there, so you might have a point there. Like, the pieces were there that they could have used in that way, and they just happened not to in this work. Mm-hmm. And I cannot say more than that without yeah. having read any of the any of yeah, the, they, they, the starting stuff. Yeah, they they play it straight. Mm-hmm. And, and um, for for better or worse, it is a very complete way to play it. Like, even if it is playing yeah. it straight, it's still a very complete show. And just from a like watching star wars sort of mentality of these are the sides of good and evil let's see which one comes out on top it's still Mm -hmm. very engaging it's just a little less interesting if you don't have that yeah definitely let's Um, move into animation uh one actually one other thing Uh, i think the only time i saw the show lampshading itself Mm. um one time deadeye is talking about uh a a character they meet that is like he's an octopus like, like, why are we talking to this guy? And Bucky says, uh, so? Everyone's gotta be something. <laughs> yeah, that, that, like, that's pretty... Like, it's just huh. sort of... <laughs> like, huh. that joke... I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it, it was so weird, it kind of took me out of it for a second. Yeah, because that's like, not do, a thing that Bucky says. Do they know? Do they understand <laughs> to what they're doing? Do, do they understand, like, the dog kernel's brainwashing? <laughs> dog kernel. Yeah, that's right. What is his name? Dogstar. Dogstar. <laughs> he had a he had a voice to him, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What what is that? Haughty British. Yeah, yeah, something. Is that cave guy? It's like it might be. You no, know, I subscribe to the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Print edition. Uh, have you just been watching a lot of Freakazoid lately? I feel like you reference it a lot. No, I'm just very aware of Freakazoids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that voice in particular. I'm just like, oh, that's Cave Guy. That's gotta be right. <laughs> I, I like that the first time you encountered haughty British, it was in the context of Cave Guy. <laughs> like, I, I think mine it might be Nigel Thornberry, but who knows? Oh, that's he's a special case. You know, he's he's one of those memes that feels good. <laughs> like every time Rose you from see obscurity. a meme, yeah, like it's the right mix of obscure and goofy, like where you can just. Like you're okay with any, with with him adapting it to anything. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's some memes that just like feel like they're trying too hard to meme it, and there's some that just kind of naturally arise out of the I'm, ether. I am constantly forgetting about the wild thornberries. 
Okay. Like I am a state of perpetual forgetfulness There's about that show. There's a lot there that's worth forgetting. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> weird, right? I mean, like yeah, it's, it's not a. Like it seems like there should be a lot. By to that my show. recollection, it is a pretty not good show. Yeah. I mean, it, like the I mean, it's a supo, right? So like, the the stories are good, but the characters are kind of lacking. It just like it it feels like it's wasted its potential. We got to Zane. We got to do another supo soon. Yeah, let's do that. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. On to animation. Yes. Uh, I think this is the weakest part of the show. It doesn't look great. Uh, it's I think... bright. It, it lends itself well to, uh, you know, commercialization. Yeah, there's a, you can do a lot of splash images on a comic book with this. It is a little less easy to put it into moving pictures. Uh, yeah. Uh, one misstep that really bugged me is that the transitions are really short. Like, they're in a hurry to get the show on the road. Like, the kids aren't going to pay attention if we ever pause for dramatic effect okay. or take more than one second in a transition from scene to scene. Uh-huh. Like, they just bleed into each other. The guys in the next scene are already talking while the previous scene is fading out. It's huh. just so fast. Like, it's just so fast-paced. Yeah, I didn't really catch that, but that's true. Yeah, there's no beat panel. And this is another one of those things where it's not that the characters can't be deep, it's that the show doesn't let them. So, like, there's no beat panel while the scene changes. There's very little lapse time between talking. Like, it's disarming. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Hmm. What, what, did, you, uh, what did you think about the, the pacing of the show, the overall pacing of the scenes? It, I always found it weird that the episodes took as long as they did for how yeah. fast-paced it was. Yeah, it seems like they had a lot to had a lot there to get lot. through. Yeah, there were a lot of like It's like, oh, we want to guys, we don't want to we don't want to do a Lord of the Rings uh, you know, the the last movie of Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Like yeah. if we if we don't get the show on the road, this episode's going to take 40 minutes. It does feel like everything takes a little long. Um and then the resolution very quick. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and so the so the setup is not not always the best. More in addition to that, uh, the characters don't really react in an appropriately dramatic way. Like um, they they don't set up the reactions, and the reactions don't feel all that passionate. They're not authentic. These are not great actors. No, like a character can be surprised by information about it, like an incoming invasion force, and not react at all, other than to yeah. say. We got to warn them like that. Yeah. They'll be like, <laughs> like they'll, they'll come across information like our plan is to assassinate the president. And Bucky's immediate reaction is, I guess we better go tell the president first. Like he's not surprised <laughs> by this information at all. There's no emotional yeah, reaction no, to it. There's no emotion. And then the fact that they spend a long time explaining things. It's a weird combination. So like when they meet uh, duck space ninjas, for example. Mm hmm. There's a whole explanation on, you know, their culture and their, their uh, you know, their system of honor and all that. But like, you no, know, like you said, people don't respond that strongly to it. If they had a stronger reaction, they could do away with a lot of the explanation. Yeah, and I, I, I can respect Bucky not reacting. Like, he's hardened. Like, Stoic. You know, he's on his third ex-wife. He's, he's, he's deep, he's deep <laughs> he's in the bottle. Doughy. He's deep in the bottle every night. Like, I get it. Okay, he's seen some shit. He's experienced. I would have liked a little bit of emotion from anyone else, though. <laughs> well, like, I think Willie Willie does the most, but it's not enough. I want forearm duck dodgers to get angry. I want 
Catwoman to pensively glance away as though she could do something but can't do it. Yep. And I want <laughs> Willie to freak out all the time. And they do, just not to a strong enough degree. I mean, a little energy would have been nice. <laughs> Like, like act like your lives are in danger, guys. Yeah, like it, it, it seems like they're on their second, their second show of the day. They're detached. Yeah, a little bit. Huh. Like they're focused on the plot too. They're <clears throat> not really focused on their own characters. Yeah, I never really thought about that. That's. Hmm. It's very obvious to me when watching this. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say in animation? Um. Just. Just. Um. You know. Uh, I think. The character models, although not great looking, I think add a lot of personality to Bucky, at least. Um, I like the fact that he has those thick pant wedges and he's a little doughy. He, he just it makes looks, him look older. He looks goofy to me. Like he looks like a little troll doll that you hang on the rearview mirror. Maybe it's just like I saw enough of him that he has imbued the character model with a gravity that it wouldn't normally have. Well, I do like that they always make him kind of vaguely scowling. Like, that that does a lot for it. And at first, and I tried to start seeing it this way, it was hard to do. I thought his pink eyes were just, he was bloodshot from the job. (laughs) Like, he was just so tired all the time. How long till retirement? (laughs) You know what I really wanted to happen and it didn't? The intro in animation has, like, we're looking at him and his eyes have a bunch of stars in them. Yeah. And then it went to the actual show and they're just regular rabbit eyes. I'm like, oh, man. What happened there? I thought that his eyes were a portal into the great unknown. (laughs) Oh, they are, Ben. He's so dreamy. (laughs) Oh, no, Zane. Um, No Sonic fan art. Did you see? I don't know if you saw this. um, There's an episode where the air marshal and Al Negator are just, like, golfing. In like those golf shorts. <laughs> no, it's a sight. It's a sight to see. Um, a, like the I, like I the just, bright colors, they make the jump to goofy really easily. They just don't stay there long. I, I mean, that's a you know, this is actually the the golf thing is actually a it's sort of an eighties thing um, where our principal antagonist or a weird antagonist just show up in like an innocuous scene for a thing to happen. Like the scene in itself doesn't have to mean anything. I'm specifically referring to like. Anytime Ferris Bueller, like, throws a bunch of ketchup in the principal's face or something like that, like, it doesn't need to make sense why he's in a graveyard. We just need to watch him tripping into that open grave and getting dirt shoveled on him. Like, So I still haven't seen that movie. The slapstick slapstick (laughs) is its own point. That's a weird thing to hear. Let me give you a different one. Uh, I just finished watching Rumble in the Bronx for the first time. At Hmm. the end of the movie, Jackie Chan drives over the principal antagonist at his golf course with a hovercraft, like one that goes over water and stuff, and it strips all of his clothing off from the back, meaning that the front of his clothes are still on, (laughs) but he's completely butt naked from the back, and that is how they go out on the movie. It's the end. Ben. (laughs) So the the golf course scene doesn't need to make any sense. (laughs) No, it's... It, this this conversation had to happen somewhere. We might as well see them both. Might as well have it in a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just a very 80s way, thing, way of doing things. Is just we made the scene because we wanted to do something, and it doesn't need to fit with everything else. Yeah, maybe that's why a lot of the scenes kind of ran together is they're on some sort of space there's just no transition space, yeah we like don't need a spaceship to s- bridge we don't have to t- spell it out how they get from Doesn't one spot where. to the next yeah 
like Al Negator will be leaving a room and it is immediately followed up with him halfway back to his home ship, like on this kind of like transient ship. So he's starting to leave the room and then immediately is rocketing away. Like we don't see him bored. We don't see him starting to rocket away. It's just next scene. This is the next important thing that's happening. Yeah, com- so comic book uh, holdovers. Ex- it's it's very comic book. It's very kind of choppy. The transitions don't feel like like uh, they're not movie transitions. Like you say, they're comic book transitions. So I guess it it's weird because I didn't I didn't notice as much of this uh, animation detail and this way that they do it, and I also didn't get weighed down by all of the plot stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got a consistent uh injection of tension throughout the show and then it was over well let me let me go into music and sound for that it it ran together but i don't know if it was bad no uh, so this is the thing about music is that the music that's here music's a huge highlight is all yeah it's the soundtrack is all as far as i could tell awesome original music scores and they are all building or resolving tension yeah nothing else it's it's like this rock with a driving rhythm section. It feels like part of a rock opera on the mm-hmm. on the upswings or like Chrono Trigger music. Yeah. But then there's also like this like shimmering crystal cavern sounding theme. There there's no downtime music. There's no like Coop hanging out with the boys like There's nothing like that. It's it's all it's all comic book like it's all comic book show. Like this is what a comic book music is. Is it's a panel that looks like it's building tension, so you have tension-building music. Are they getting into the action? Or are, are they, they resolving the action? Are they resolving it, or are they getting exposition? So I think that is a huge highlight, because those are what the show does well. And it's weird because that huge highlight means that they're not doing the other stuff that I would have liked to see, like downtime. So it might be less like they were sacrificing downtime because they didn't know how to do it. It might have just been like, we know what we're good at. We're good at building tension and resolving tension, so that's all we're going to do. Yeah. The the fact that they don't have downtime is interesting. Like, they say they're friends, they say they're comrades, but you... They're only, they're only doing they're very, stuff during the mission. Yeah, it's function stuff. It's especially apparent in the opening arc because Willie shows up in a crisis, resolves the crisis, and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. True. Ben, the theme song is great, though. Yeah, what the fuck is this intro theme? This is the most 90s intro ever. It's got electric guitars, bright colors, and white guy rap. Yeah, it's it's like the guy from Doug tried to do a like a thumping bass. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> oh man, that refrain. Zane, yes. Zane bring, bring me through this whole intro. Okay. Well, I me, know you me... wrote it out. No, I, I didn't. I should have. Oh man. I'm going to I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, just narrate to me what is happening while it's happening. Audience, go go watch the theme song. It's on par with the greatest theme songs that I've ever seen. All right. So we start or off we got themes. Bucky and his team running straight toward the camera, getting shot at by lasers like they are they're in the thick of it and you dear audience, you have the pleasure of getting to see even a little bit. Um <laughs> Like, they're going through their spaceship, they're fighting the Armada, it's just a constant action scene, and oh, look at look at how evil the toads are. They're stepping on, like, somebody's stuffed rabbit. But they can't fight the real rabbit, the funky, fresh rabbit. Oh, Jesus. 
funky fresh rabbit we get a tagline it's like oh space donate today buy war bonds <laughs> that is exactly what that is we get bucky looking in those space eyes uh, he's we got all the villains oh they're so ugly just a bunch of just jump shots to different exciting explosions <laughs> like this is you know join the army yeah <laughs> even at niage like oh, and then in the middle in the middle we get this like toad anchor man saying like and now uh, stay tuned to find out about bucky o'hare it's like why is he reporting on this <laughs> this doesn't make any sense and it's so i didn't realize how fast paced this is but just look at them <laughs> We're flying a spaceship straight into complex. <laughs> There's a grappling hook. Yeah, straight into his mouth, right? And, okay, this this part's great. This little sequence here where Bucky is, like, running through a laser cannon and getting shot out by sub-lasers in the laser cannon. <laughs> and it just, it just builds <laughs> to a yeah. climax. And the animation isn't even all that good. Like, he doesn't look that cool jumping around and stuff. No, he... <laughs> He like looks he's really got, off. Yeah, he's got doe body. And he's got those legs moving ahead of him, like I mentioned. <laughs> like, <gasps> Zane, you know what this is? This isn't Star Wars. It's not Firefly. It's not Star Fox. It is Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it is. I'm doing my part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, it's weird because it's the one guy, right? The theme song... Even though the show itself is more of a team effort, the theme song is all about Bucky. You see a team member get into danger and Bucky jumping in to resolve it. Yep. Doesn't it have, like, female backup singers as well? No, it's got, like, extra backup, like, rappers who just say the same word at the end. Like a, like a Beastie Boys kind of thing. <laughs> Like, this is just the Beastie Boys. Oh, man. Why didn't they go to the Beastie Boys planet? <laughs> Why? Great. Why didn't we do that for our intro? That's not a planet. That'd be so great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- yeah I, I don't know. There's This so show is so... There's so much to it, and it doesn't really all fit together, but it's still entertaining. I think they, what they could have done was just lean off the throttle a little bit. And, and it okay. was very popular you know in its in its day and age so it was doing something right and that was capturing attention where the attention was yeah, like, you got to keep got to keep the eyes on the screen got to keep the eyes on the screen there's a bunch of explosions in space and cool keep. characters doing cool things they're all a bunch of different animals it's for 8 year old boys okay it keep is keep your heiner in the recliner yeah and you know it, it doesn't there's not a lot else to it for like, yeah. if you were a little bit older than the target demographic, you probably wouldn't be sucked in. Yeah. But it was so targeted to that one specific year of turn the brain off, watch the cool space stuff, don't and worry I, about it. And I agree that it would be better if, you know, the characters grew a little bit or there was more of an overplot. A little personalization to these different characters, a little more time spent with their feelings and not with their plot people aren't going to necessarily watch these episodes in order yeah and that's that's the thing and you have to keep things consistent enough yeah. uh, which is why i'm so glad they did the the doing that webcomic thing which which grows it this would be this would be pretty I think that's ripe great for a gritty reboot i'd be pretty into it it feels like a gritty reboot of something else yeah it does zayn uh I, I got a couple other things in the dialogue 
Uh, yeah, which is delivered without a hint of irony, and that it, that's how it made. That's what makes it excellent. <laughs> Playing it straight. Yeah, uh, they do kind of this, you know, kind of kind of uh, gentle ribbing of each other in like in in the way that like a team dynamic does that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do the great like eighties He Man not puns. So like this is very much in its decade, uh, and it and it benefits from it. So, okay. Do you have an example? Yeah. Well, for the pun thing, uh, there's uh, like Bucky is jumping around and he's like evading some toad soldiers and he says, you guys are really getting me steamed. And then he like shoots off like this steam, like the steam gasket and it like, you know, obscures their vision and then it just hops away. I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right, he man. Take it easy. No, this is <laughs> this is right in the propaganda. <laughs> that's a poster yeah like, he's trying to be an action hero and and i think that succeeding. the dialogue in general is pretty good um is when they do talk to each other which doesn't happen a lot but there was this one that really stuck out to me where willie and deadeye are kind of talking to each other and deadeye is talking about how he wanted to take the play money that was in willie's backpack like the monopoly money boy. that he had yeah and uh and and he's like, well, I wanted to steal it, but I figured I'd just keep it safe for you. And he's like, Deadeye, that's only play money. And Deadeye responds, from the looks of it, you play for big stakes, bucko. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that means, and neither do you, but good rejoinder. Yeah, each, each character has their own way of talking. They do. And that's uh, what like makes Jenny's it... got this very ethereal, um, you know, slow, almost uh, metaphorical speech. Yeah. And Bucky is very direct. I... Yeah, and it, it made me want more of the background. And when they didn't deliver, it's just weird. Like they gave them so much potential personality without actually and they didn't let you doing in. anything with it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's all classified. <laughs> yeah, it's been redacted, or like this is the face that they have to put on for us because you know military men can't have these flaws. You have to yeah. be. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels like the show was doing too much, and it didn't allow itself to perfect any one thing that it was doing uh-huh uh or, or most of the things that it, like it did do action stuff perfectly like action plot line action yeah. space plot line it did perfectly and there were a bunch of other things about it that it couldn't do perfectly because they were focusing that hard on it that's all i got to say about it yeah i you know overall i think i i enjoyed watching each episode um they did get a little samey Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they f- spent episodes focusing on different characters, you know, kept kept me going through it. Uh, again, I, I only really saw the episodes where they focused on Willie, but I liked Willie a lot in this. Like, I think he I think without Willie, it would have been a pretty, pretty boring show for me. Yeah. And that that's a revelation I didn't realize coming into it at, you know, first few episodes. I was like, oh, this kid. Yeah, you didn't want him. Like, you're, like he's going to get in the way. He's going to whine a lot. No, he's the coolest. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like this show. I'm surprised that I didn't see it growing up. I don't think that I would have enjoyed it as a kid, but, um, uh, you know, I, I was I more think, of a 90s watcher than an 80s watcher. I think even then we preferred, um, you know, uh, uh, shows with a little bit more that were upfront about their depth with a little bit more self-awareness. I mean, I've always I've always been more drawn to characters than to plots. That's true. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that does it a lot for me. And I, I'm i not as into watching a space drama 
and I'm more in, or, or I'm not into watching a space flight, and I'm more into watching a space drama. And mm-hmm. so, the, and the ratio is just a little bit farther away than I would have liked it, but it's still a good show, and you know, it does what it says it's going to do. And I much prefer it to other things, you know, preceding it. You know, your GI Joes and such. Yeah, but if they did remake it, I can only hope that it would have the exact same amount of self seriousness. Um, <laughs> I just want it to be a little bit more spaced out, like maybe have yeah, a little yeah. bit of downtime. Like if they could, if they could redo this as a super turbo atomic ninja rabbit. Oh, like yeah, a supernatural plotline instead of a space plotline and maybe just keep things a little bit more, you know, gently paced. I, I'd be I'd be way in. Well, I think the fact that they don't show much you know, character growth is because they don't see a ton of vulnerability. So like Bucky, you know, he's never in he's never giving up hope. Um, he's never even him, really wounded, is he? No, and if you put him in a situation where he wasn't in control and understanding of his own um, of his own genre, like then you could see that and get that. So I think you know, throw them through another dimension into a more fantastical realm that that could work pretty well. Hmm. I don't know about another dimension. I think they want to be in the universe. I like Willie being the odd man out. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to read the web series and see how they do it. Yeah, I, I mean, like I've read like half a plot line. It's like this is pretty good. You know, it's like when Willie is starting to grow a little bit and they're like jesting about how we're going to need bigger hangers or something like that. I'm like, okay, this is the and, sort of dialogue that they would have in the show. And Willie finds a piece of magic chalk that can <laughs> draw whatever he dreams up. What the fuck? <laughs> is this chalk sound. Oh, I also didn't mention it, but Blinky is the voice of Double D. Uh, I briefly mentioned it. I don't remember it, but I believe cool. you. <laughs> yep. Pretty good show. Pretty good show, not exactly for me. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was Bucky O'Hare. Zane, what do we have next? Uh, so next up, we are going to be watching a movie. It is The Brave Little Toaster. Terrifying. Um, not The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. I'm a little spaced out. No, <laughs> or The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Monte Carlo. <laughs> Brave Little Toaster Goes Bananas. Brave, Brave Little Toaster Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Brave Little Toaster 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, I'm out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, put one on the scorecard for me. <laughs> I would, I'm not sure if I want to see the scorecard, if anybody's been tracking it since the beginning. <laughs> it might, uh, so my friend who, who listens to this uh, told me recently, he said, like, yeah, you know, I really enjoy it, but you got to stand up for yourself more. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Do, do I just kind of, like, run you over? I just, like, I don't know. I think I am more accepting of other viewpoints than you are, if I want to spin this into a positive. <laughs> I, I can't tell if I'm more persuasive or just more argumentative, but I'll take it. Uh, But, yeah, so we'll... I'd uh, be convinced better if you had better arguments. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, like, moments like that, Zane, I think is what he was referring to. <laughs> I just don't get a lot out of argument. Like I don't think it. it I don't think it listens well to just have us go back and forth arguing. You are not my brother. <laughs> anyway, Brave uh, Little Toaster is up next, and followed by uh, we're following that up with a new uh, with another anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided that I wanted to look at a sports anime, and of course I can't do Hajime no Ippo because it's too good. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I figured we'd do one that I've heard about. 
and is early enough that it might be kind of in that era uh, where um, the West wasn't particularly aware of, like, like I think there's a new phenomenon where uh, sports anime have kind of been infecting the West. And They're definitely they, growing in popularity. Definitely growing in popularity. You have things like Free, um, Yuri on Ice, things like that. Um, but, you know, they've been a big thing in Japan for a long time. It's sort of part of the whole schoolboy, schoolgirl uh, uh, trend of certain animes, you know, like... Um, that that's very closely ingrained with school culture is having sports clubs. Mm-hmm. So it's been there for a while. The one that I want to check out is called Slam Dunk. Come on so, and slam. And welcome to the jam. It is a basketball anime from the 90s. I don't expect it will be very good because I, I am like generally not into sports anime unless they're very recent. This is just something that I found from watching a few different ones. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, and it is very influential, so, um, you know, we might be able to to see how it's influenced others. Mm-hmm. Other I think I'll also probably try to pop over to Kuroko no Basket just to see if it's, you know, particularly improved animation That's another wise. basketball one? That's another basketball one, the other big basketball one that I think is referenced a lot. And I'll probably just also be talking about Hajime no Ipotan. Are there sports animes that uh, focus on sports, you know, Japanese sports and not American ones? Uh, I because I'm not really familiar with it. Like, I don't know if there's a cricket anime or like a is that a Japanese sport? sumo wrestling anime? The rest of the world plays cricket, Ben. Um, I don't know. Is there sumo wrestling? I I would be surprised if there wasn't. A- Looking no. it up. I don't know. That that seems like a not very marketable particular sport. Like, there's very Abarenbo Rikishi. Yeah. Rowdy sumo wrestler Matsutaro. I mean. Like, Japanese high schools do share a lot of sports in common, right? Us. Why isn't With there the West? sumo wrestling in anime? Like, do, they, they do basketball and, and, and baseball and football and shit. Sumo wrestling in Japan is largely thought to be a sport in decline. Hmm. That lack of interest is carried through to anime and other pop culture. Ooh. Oh, what about kabuki? Well, sumo wrestling was pursued by peasant kids suffering from hunger? What? That seems incorrect, doesn't it? Right? Anyway... You can expect to hear more about sumo wrestling lore in a couple of weeks. And this article is fascinating. Zane, you have a fun time reading that article. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to suit up for the next mission, so I'll leave you guys there. Where? Uh, I don't know, man. On the hollow deck. Let's focus <laughs> some toads. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we should also probably say that if you do want to uh, suggest Support a show, our troops. Support our troops, suggest a show, or leave a comment... You can go to cartoncast.com, our website, or or check out our Facebook page and leave a comment or anything like that. If you really want to help us, go to iTunes and and leave a rating or review. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. I'm doing my part. (laughs) G.I. Joe. That that theme song is never leaving my head either. (laughs) The Bucky O'Hare one? Yeah, that (laughs) that cadence is so good. (laughs) So catchy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird because, like... He's yelling at his backup singers like, say Bucky. Like, I said Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, it, like, the theme song almost feels a little exploitation, weirdly. Who came up with that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, all like, right. that is the only part of the show that feels self-aware. Yeah, agreed. 